All right, here we are. Welcome back to the Low Bottom High Rise podcast with me, Moira Kassaba. And I've got one of my dear friends, one of my favorite people, Dr. Chris Lee on the show today. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I've been working on my princess wave. Can you tell? You, that's it's, good. Oh, wait, you have good. to, you have to frost. Is it a Barbie wave or a, or a I didn't get, we didn't get that far yet. It's, it's the, <laughs> we went to a parade and my daughter was like, how do they do that with her Oh hand? my gosh. That's hilarious. I love it. <laughs> well, you just said one thing, right? I always ask like starting off, who is Dr. Chris Lee, right? You're obviously a dad to a sweet little I girl. I am. But instead of me giving your intro, I mean, you're amazing, you're wonderful, you're brilliant, you are all of the things. You're just a good guy, too. Like, I I was thinking about that yesterday. Like, he's just such a good guy. But professionally, or the hats that you wear, how would you define yourself? Uh, Somebody asked me this uh, during a job interview, uh, like a couple days ago. And the job interview, uh, I work as a management consultant. Mm -hmm. And if anybody doesn't know what a management consultant is, I essentially go in and make sure that upper management cares about everyone else, which seems to be an issue in every single business across the entire planet. And I do that by telling them, Hey, I'm not going to change you whatsoever. I'm only going to change your relationship to stress. And then the rest of it is just going to be a side effect of that. And everyone in upper management is like, Oh, well, if you're not going to change any business structures and all you're going to do is come work on us. Yeah, no, that sounds fantastic. And we start working. And then like one month into it, they're like, uh, okay. Yeah, a little more self-awareness now. And I got a little more like resource management of like how much bandwidth I actually have. And I'm making poor cognitive choices is mm. the one I constantly hear. I'm like, I'm emotionally burnt out. I'm having bad communication. I'm doing all of these different things. So that's what I do kind of like as like a nine to five type of job is just- I didn't even this. know that. I, I yeah. didn't even, how did I not know this? Like, yeah. I'm just like, you're the brain doctor science guy that for the general public, that's what I do. So for like social media and stuff like that, I take all of the science and I I bridge it together into a way that kind of makes it more lifestyle based so that we can have better participation with ourselves, with our stress, get ourselves out of the way is the one I hear a lot. And then I work as an executive coach, which I think a lot of people probably know about that. And I run groups and things like that. But the big determining factor for a lot of this is like, everyone's stressed, but nobody knows what to do with it. Right. Right. And like, there's so many different things out there that I can't tell you what's right for you, but I can absolutely help get yourself out of the way so that the values, characteristics, and person that is inside of you, that innate genius can come out and then start to give you those concrete answers. start to give you that confidence, start to drive you towards success in a way that makes sense to you. I love that. I love it so much. You know, I'm a total neuroscience like geek, right? But I always love to be able to teach it or to receive it in a very applicable, but also simplified way. And I think you do that exceptionally well. I mean, can I I talk about you for a second? Oh, well, sure. I got to talk about you. I'm going (laughs) to, I'm going to do it. So So you ran this mastermind, right? And had me come give a talk at this and just to like, put this into context, I give talks all around the planet, right? And when I went out to your your conference and beautiful setting and everything else like that, I'm up there giving this talk and you are in the corner crushing notes. 
asking questions, being a participant, like staying at that level of curiosity. And I learned something new about you that day is that like that innate curiosity is like Mm -hmm. a driving factor for like who you are as a person. So like that version of you that I got to see that moves into that and then like take action on that, like that makes you in my eyes, like why you are successful humble like such an awesome uh Mm. wife to your husband such a good person like all of those different things like you're not somebody that's like oh you know this is a cool idea and I like the word neuroscience you're like applying it to your own story to your own life and like you and I are besties for that reason yes 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 well thank you for that it's funny we don't know we can't see ourselves right we see ourselves through other people all the time and that is kind of interesting because I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 that is totally me. Like an insatiable sure. appetite yes. to learn and forever the student. And as much as I know, I'm always a beginner. You know what I mean? That's kind yes. of just the way that I always see it. And there's so many people to learn from all around. And so thank you for that observation. I love that. Um, there's so many things we could talk about, but can we start with how you got here, like uh, just a little story of origin, you know, like kind of how I I know there it's, there's a lengthy one, um, but can you kind of talk about, because I think it's so important, right. To understand kind of the path before the professional track. So how did you step into all of this? Yeah. So I, I landed into this world on a gentle cloud of of kittens and cupcakes. And it's like <laughs> people that are like living their purpose. If somebody like ever has like one of those, I've never met somebody that's like, I found my purpose through like, yeah. just had a good life. And like, just life just happened. Like it happens through trauma, right? Trauma yes, and like always. football fields of pizza. Uh, that's what it was for me. And ice cream, Cherry Garcia in the shower crying. If you haven't tried it, <laughs> it's a special moment. So like I... For most people, if they don't know, I didn't think that I was going to be running a consulting firm. I didn't think I'd be running an executive coaching business or, you know, a media company. And I, I started up a software software company and I just started like venture capital, like maybe a couple months ago into some tech firms. And like, if you would have looked at me like five years ago, you'd have been like, huh, well, good luck with your life because five, five years, years. Ago, you just said five, five years. years. I mean, that's the crazy thing I want people to realize, like how much can change in such a short amount of time. Yeah. Five years. We're not talking 20 years. We're talking five. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And wow. I don't, I mean, sometimes I don't appreciate that as much as I probably could have, but five years ago, I was still finishing up my, my doctorate. Uh, I was a, a single dad to my like one-year-old daughter of like trying to figure out how to do that at like 23, 24 years old. Right. And I had just lost my dad to suicide. I had just been hit by a car. Like all of those events, by the way, all happened within like six to nine months of each other. So like lost my dad, hit by a car, single dad with my daughter, now unfinished doctorate, $250,000 in debt from that doctor program. And it's like, okay, like I know my family loves me dearly and I know all my friends love me dearly, but they all looked at like that, like spread that charcuterie board of shit and was just like, yeah, how nice is your mom's basement? Like, is right. it like, and I, even me, yeah. I was like, okay. Yeah. How do you come back from that? And you weren't just brought, like, you weren't just brushed by a car. That was no, like, yeah. 
no, me and like, we didn't like have a, a little kiss. Dude was probably going 35, 40 and like blew past a stop sign and like hit me hard enough that like me and my bicycle continued to ride in the air because it happened so fast. And then I blacked out for like four hours in a ditch because they didn't stop. And I woke up, I had internal lacerations, like bucket handle fracture, like all this stuff that's like, you are probably not going to move the yeah. same for the rest you of your life. Screwed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's what it was. I was on bed rest for two weeks. And in that two week period of time of like my brother, who was also getting his doctorate at the time, taking care of me, picking me up and like bathing me, which is like the worst, best thing ever. Cause like, thank God my brother is like so kind and like just awesome at being my brother. But at the same time, it's like, Oh, thank you for like scratching my butt, Nicholas. Like you're just the man. I appreciate you. Like all of those things. And we're still super young. So like yeah. All of that happened and we were like forced to grow up in such a different way, or I was at least, I can't exactly speak for him. Um, and that's what brought me to this world. And, and you're navigating, walking through your dad's death, which was a suicide simultaneously. Yes, correct. Yeah. So my dad committed suicide while I was literally on bed rest and like trying to figure out life and like watching classes go by while I was on bed rest is probably the worst thing. So like, instead of like normal school, like a lot of doctorate programs, you quarters. So you got 10 weeks and inside that 10 weeks, you're taking like 28 to 30 credits, right? So that's like seven or eight heavy classes with labs and you get two exams during that entire period of time. And I missed like all of my midterms and they're like, okay, accentuating circumstances, but like, you're also missed like four weeks of class after midterm. So like, you're kind of screwed. And I absolutely was. So I tried to go take my finals and I think I failed like nearly all of them, but one. And I was like, okay, well that's nice. And then you get put behind and then you're in a new cohort. And then the new cohort, like there's no study group and like all of this. And then like trying to figure that out. And then suddenly it's like, okay, I got to take this baby now into like lab practicals. And it's like, oh, you can't take a baby into a cadaver lab. So it's like, okay, well, let me find a sitter. And it's like, oh, well, sitters require money. Right. And it's like, I don't have the monies at all, like zero monies. And it's like, all right, so like, can I watch through the window so I can figure some of these things out? And then it's like infinite YouTube. And like, it was a lot. Wow. Like, and you're, you're getting your doctorate in. So I originally started off in chiropractic. Yeah. Um, and after chiropractic school, I went back to school for medical neuroscience and then neurophysiology. And since then, I've continued education um, with a lot of different universities. I've been really lucky to meet a lot of other neuroscientists that are like, hey, check some of these things out. So I went head first into the world of neuroscience. And I actually have never practiced chiropractic. Uh, wow. I don't never owned a practice. That's crazy. And but fitting considering the crap show of circumstances that your life was that your what you're studying you can and did apply to yourself right i mean obviously it's like you gotta you gotta pull out some major brain strategies there to try to get through because most people wouldn't get through that i mean honestly they they might survive it but they're certainly not going to be in the position you are five years later they they might you know just what i said survive it but then be that much worse off for having survived all of that trauma. Yeah. 
a couple of like really great things happened during that period of time. Number one, I realized that like how school teaches us to learn is not how like 95% of us learn. Um, and there's a book out there called ultimate memory or unlimited memory. Um, that's a bad pun to like, forget the title of the book that taught me how to memorize things. <laughs> life goes on. I haven't read it in like five years, but I ha- highly recommend where you are in life. Go read that book for sure. Um, because what I did is I learned that book and I learned the strategies inside of that book. And I became a really good student really fast. Oh, but I also realized again, do you unlimited memory, unlimited memory. Okay. Yep. So that book is written by a memory, like grand master, which is a whole conversation in and of itself, but I go through and it essentially allows you to build associative pictures and associative pictures can place content inside of imagery Mm -hmm. so that when you go around if you've heard the term of like a loci or like a memory palace and things like that it basically teaches you how to do that really well and I learned how to do that really really well and then I was like okay so like can I do this with other things because like I'm hardly getting by right now like can I start to like do this with a business and I was like okay maybe I can start to like learn these business books and I don't learn in lecture so in the back of the lecture most of the time, because like my tiny human was like still sleeping most of the time or she's crawling on the floor. I'd sit in the back. They knew I was back there and she would either be asleep during some of these classes if I got really lucky. And then I would honestly be sitting on my computer and I would have like headphones on and I would be yeah. looking and watching business lectures. And I'd be mm. watching like, all right, how do you like do some of these different things? And I just compounded those things. And I think it was like March 23rd of like 2018, I made my first like 500 bucks from my business inside of an ethics course um, that I was like sitting inside of. And I was like, I'm going to like help people like better understand like their body. Right. That was how I kind of started. I was like, I went through like this whole like journey of like trying to get my body back and knowing that, like knowing that it wasn't broken. And I was like, you know, a lot of people like want that information. So I was like, I saw it for like 50 bucks and like a bunch of people like were like, oh, that's super interesting stuff. And I like wow. ran my first little group, right? And that was like, a course or a coaching membership or like, how did you do that? Whatever it was, it was basically, <laughs> so there's other other people inside of the chiropractic community that were there that were like, okay, so like you went from like dead and gray. Like I have mm-hmm. pictures of me after all that happened and I was gray. Like my oh. skin was pale and pasty <laughs> and like, I was a fit individual, played college soccer, ran yeah. track. Like I did all those things. I was super fit. And then it went to like ground zero and then mm. it came back. And not only was I stronger, fitter, faster, and more present, but it was also based on my grades, way smarter out of the blue. And everyone was like, wow. yo, how did you do that? Yeah. So it started off like teaching kids and students like, Hey, this is how you can take these strategies and make them different right? Like sleep is really, really important for memory, right? So you can take in all this information, but if you're getting six hours of sleep, you're not going to retain like 95% of that, right? Because all of that sleep carryover from short-term memory to long-term potentiation, that bridge happens during phase four, phase five sleep. And most students are like, I'm going to rip this all nighter, which is the worst thing because it's all it's doing is compacting and compacting short-term memory. And the instant that test is over, you squeeze out that sponge and you'll forget all of that information. So people that like study super hard for a midterm completely crash on the final because they've squeezed out short-term memory and they don't have any of that long-term memory left. So like started teaching that. And then after that, I was like, you know what? I'm going to be that guy on social media. I'm going to, I'm going to be that guy on social media. And it was so bad. Like I, I cannot describe to you. We all start so bad. (laughs) 
Man, I go back. Somebody, I don't even know. Somebody on like Instagram, I guess, or whatever was like, is this you? And I'm like in the woods with like a GoPro I got from like a Goodwill. And it's just like, hey guys. So like, um, and I'm like staring off into space. Like we're going to talk about like breathing. Ha <laughs> ha. Everybody like knows how to breathe, but like, and it's so, it's like, I'm like. It's hilarious huh. though. It's good comedic relief. I mean, yeah, it is. I'm the same. And I'm I, the same. I look back on things and for some reason, like my body didn't move and my face didn't move and just my mouth moved. I was like, what, what were they doing? Who are you? Yeah. Who hurt you? Oh my gosh. Well, the sleep thing's big, right? Like the second you said that, I was like, oh, struck a nerve, struck a nerve. Like I heard that and we need to hear it over and over and over again. There's so many other things that you teach and touch on that are like, just wow, like aha moments. And then the strategy to kind of shift that. There's one I want to talk about though, because I think for my audience, it's it's just commonplace, unfortunately. And it was for me literally for decades. So I can identify with this wholly. Um, self-sabotage. Oh. What? Oh, right, right. What yeah. is kind of the loop there that's happening in our brain? And how do we get out of it? How do we get yeah, out of how it? How do you get out of it? Yeah. yeah. So it, if I had the other like interview question that somebody had asked me for this, like a fortune 50 company was like, if you had a superpower, what would it be? And Mm. it'd be like taking complex science and like writing it on purple crayon. So like kids can understand it. So like self-sabotage, we can like break it apart into like a couple different things. Self-sabotage is you, and this is imposter syndrome as well. I'm going to bundle those two things together because I imagine you got a lot of people that are like imposter syndrome and self-sabotage. So we're going to like kind of paint with like a generalized brushstroke here, but both of those things are advancing you, right? The feeling of sabotage, whether it's conscious or unconscious, that is an indication that you're moving into something new and novel, right? And you're going to feel the agitation of that. Your nervous system, whether it's stressed or not, doesn't want to experience new things. It wants to attach on to what it has right now, because what you have right now, whether you consciously think it's good or bad, is not killing you and not actively like stealing anything from your life. So your nervous system goes, why would you change, right? right? Like the voice in my head goes, Christopher, why would you ever want healthy relationship when you right. could self-isolate and build more businesses. Right. And then like the thing that people see is like, oh, this guy's just like making businesses and like helping people. But all the while it's like crippling loneliness and like isolation. It's like, mm-hmm. is that the healthiest path? So right. that like stretch forward and then that snap back is the sabotage that we experienced. Yeah. So your nervous and system doesn't really it's know. Ultimately because our brains want to protect us, right? Like it's right. a protective yeah. mechanism. It's like, we're yeah. comfortable, we're safe. Don't go outside the lines, like stay, stay yeah. safe. Don't go into the danger zone. And the second yeah. we want to change, it's like the, the sirens, the lights are going off, like, boop, boop, like back it up, back it up, back it up. Yeah. Right. Your brain yeah. is constantly going, if it ain't broke, don't fix it right? right over and over and over again. So your brain doesn't know, like literally your brain doesn't know what is healthy and not healthy. Right. It knows certain and uncertain. So like, let's say that you've been eating like pizza and French fries and watching six hours of Netflix after you come home from work and going to bed at one p.m. and then getting up at seven and you've been doing that for like three years and then suddenly you start going for morning walks journaling and meditating and like starting to like get therapy and like do all the things and read books and whatever that is super healthy right like we would all very uncomfortable for our brain right to do something different this is huge this is huge like this is i love this example yeah 
So your nervous system goes, oh, no, no, no. This is a lot of novelty. This is a lot of newness. And what we're going to go do with that is we're going to acknowledge its its existence. And what we're going to do is slowly bring you back to what we had before. And it starts with like the voices because the mind, which is like your conscious focus, it's like the movie that you experience as you're thinking runs through the brain sometimes, right? And when the brain is stressed, it shows the mind different images. So when you get stressed out, your brain and mind know all your secrets, which is like the worst, best thing ever. Cause it's like, Hey, you had a hard day, Chris. Like you don't need to go to the gym. Like don't read a book. Like you had a big mentally taxing day. Like your daughter was probably a lot today. What if instead you got the TV out, we could just door dash some pizza maybe and let's just like rest right and like that little voice is like running in my head and it's like oh yeah you know what i do deserve that right like if you guys remember um that movie inside out where they're like getting riley and like the riley's like having like the worst moving experience ever and joy's not in the brain anymore and they take that light bulb that's like running away and it's like oh she's accepted it into like the dashboard that's what self-sabotage is it's your brain going let's try to bring them back here. Let's try this one. And then eventually you grab onto that idea and you're like, I do deserve rest, right? right? Like, yeah, I do. And I'm not saying that people don't deserve rest whatsoever, but I do think that there's a difference between recovery and rest and doing those things. And you can optimize for both of them. So there's Mm -hmm. a definite time to sit and watch TV and like be on the couch but like, what's the outcome that you're hoping to achieve from that? And if it's rest and recovery and physical mental optimization, that is not scientifically your best bet. Your yeah. scientific best bet is to go out into nature and to rest and recover there, right? Mm. And to go for a walk or hang out with friends like NFL teams, professional sports teams, they're using co-regulation to essentially help recover the physical body, right? To create group safety and all of these different accolades, which is a really cool thing. So like sitting on the couch, yes, cool, nice, interesting. But if you want optimal, if you want better, if you're willing to continue discomfort and notice that voice that says, stay on the couch, but still do differently, that voice got infinitely quieter because your brain goes, it didn't work that time. Why would you try to repeat that pattern? But they did this. So the big thing here is your brain's not reactive, it's predictive, right? Mm. And to give it new predictions, you have to give it new behaviors because your present is going to become your past, right? This is like kind of a a time concept, but your present is going to become your past. Your brain takes in information and compares it to the past. So if your present is going to become the past, you got to change what you're doing right now. And that does require discomfort because neuroplasticity has two things, focus and agitation. Yeah. Right. Those two things create the environment for neurological change. So and I think that's the misstep that a lot of people have is they think rewiring the brain is just focus, right? Like the more I focus on this, the more, but, and the more I do it, obviously we can connect those dots from, you know, just somebody that doesn't understand that much neuroscience. It's like, the more I do it, the more I kind of lay down that wiring, but getting comfortable with the idea that to really lay down that wiring, it's going to, you have to be uncomfortable. You have to create the agitation because you're not laying down a new neural pathway. That only comes from agitation because that means it's new. It's like trying to, trying to put this down, trying to put this down. If it's comfortable, then it's already there. Right. 
Right. That's exactly it. So, and this is like one of those traits of really successful people that I see is they recognize discomfort and they like David Goggins it, like the David Mm -hmm. Goggins effect or whatever it is. And they go, oh my gosh, this must be the best thing ever. And this is going to step on some toes here. But like, I think in some part, the spirituality, like, revolution that's going off on there is doing people a monstrous disservice mm-hmm. and not having a proper relationship with the intuition mm-hmm. because your intuition like that inner voice that you're experiencing yeah. can also be stress whispering to you how you like to be spoken to right? right so when it's like hey you've gone to the gym three times this week already stay at home right yeah. netflix and chill like go smoke a bowl have a pizza mm-hmm. like whatever that thing is and it's like Oh, that's my intuition speaking. And it may or may not be, but that discomfort of it trying to yeah. snap you back is another layer of self-sabotage. Yeah. And yeah. discipline and distraction play into those things a ton as well. Because the more distracted you are, the more neurochemistry gets diverted into those distractions, yeah. the less impact you can have to do the hard thing when the easy thing is available. So people Mm -hmm. really need to take stock and inventory and all right, how many distractions do you have? Where are they? What's the impact of them? And like my measure of that is like, take your phone out and like, how many hours are you on social media? Like you and I both have hundreds of thousands of people. We probably talked to millions collectively total per month. And like you and I did this when we were at your event, right? Yeah. It's like, all right, everybody take your phone out. Right. And some people were like, I'm on my phone, like seven hours a day. Right. And I yeah. showed everyone mine. I'm on my phone, maybe two to three hours yeah. a day. Yeah. Right. Same, and I make same. two pieces I'm, of content. Yeah. Yep. It's like you get in, you, you create, you post, you're out. You know what I mean? You engage That's a little it. bit. And for some reason, the phone has never really gotten a hold of me. I don't, I don't know why I have Thank to actually goodness. force yeah. myself sometimes. Like I've, it, there have been times in my business path where I'm like, I need to go online and do some yeah. research, you know, cause I'm yeah. not doing it enough. Um, something else that you shared that was, well, let me go back to this because I'm, I'm thinking of course, and I think listeners are also thinking about their own, you know, journey and their own situations. And so I, I just want to point out and correct me if I'm wrong, but the power of making one good decision, which got, well, how many decisions do we make in a day? Like, a, a, oh my gosh. Yeah. You have the, like the potential to make like you, you, the thoughts that you have per day that are passing through, you have hundreds yeah. of millions of them. Right. Right. Like per second, you're processing a ton of information. And then we're making so many decisions, right? But the power isn't, I think what I want people to understand is like when they're deciding, do I go sit on the couch and order pizza or do I go meditate and walk out in nature? It That's not just one decision, right? Because when you choose the right path, you're making it so much easier the next time and easier the next time and easier the next time. I just had this yesterday. I kind of hit the wall, like hit the wall. Just, I was frustrated. I was exhausted. Like I felt like I couldn't keep my eyes open at six o'clock at night and I still have work that night. And, you know, I'm being grumpy and not making like great decisions there for a while, but the Mm -hmm. old me would have been like junk food, sugar, carbs, you know, and I didn't do that, but it took me a while to just, Cause I really just was, you know, not doing anything for maybe an hour, just kind of sitting and yeah. like, Oh, I'm so tired. And then yeah. I finally was like, go to the gym, like, which is two feet away from my living room, get in the gym for 10 minutes, yeah. get in the ice plunge, dip in the pool. And literally yeah. 15 minutes later, I was like, I didn't go to the 
Yeah, like, you're just I like, mean, let's go. Yeah, yeah, a hundred and eighty degree state change. Now, cold plunging, I think, is the most the easiest way to change your state instantaneously. But um, what I'm trying to point out is the more I do that, the more you make that decision, then it just becomes, oh my gosh, every afternoon I get tired and this is what I do, right? This is what I do. Correct. It's just what you I do. It's behavior. It's yeah. the behavior. So yeah. Like, behaviors are the best because behaviors take away options, right? right? So like once it's a habit, there, n- nothing else exists, Yeah. right? Like nothing else exists. And like, I think that's like been the best part of like the discipline movement that goes around with a lot of these things is like, they just don't exist anymore. Right. right? So like if you're disciplined enough and compassionate with yourself enough, mm-hmm. I go to the gym at four, nothing else happens at four. AM, AM or PM. Depends. Right. So okay. like this, this is like the caveat. Cause sometimes yeah. it's like, so like Monday and Friday it's AM, right. Wow. So like I'm up and I'm getting it. And then Saturdays yeah. I do my yoga, but like 4 PM, Cause yeah. it's just me and my tiny human. They got child watch in yeah. the afternoon. Yeah. So like I'm in the gym like five, six days a week. But it's just right? what you do. It's just it's what, what I you do. do. Yeah. So like my morning routine, it's just what I do. And the same yeah. way with you, like the, the thing that I want people to get tattooed on their foreheads, don't get things tattooed on your foreheads. <laughs> Mood <laughs> follows action, right? Yeah. Mood follows action. Thinking is only going to yes. lead to more thinking. And if you want to feel differently, you have to do differently. And the pause, pathway- pause, pause, pause. Don't want to lose that. Sorry to interject. Oh, no, don't. Mood follows action. Yes. Thinking just only perpetuates. Leads to more thinking. Only leads yeah. to more thinking. The way you said that, I mean, this is like the tangent I've been on all week. Like everyone's yes. like, well, how do I build more confidence? How do I do better? How do I succeed? How do I-? I'm like, action, 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 yes. action, yes, action, yes, yes. and more action. That's it. That's the only Con- answer I got for you. Like, confidence is also a behavior, right? Yeah, I need people to yeah. understand that. Like confidence, confidence is an embodiment that what you're going to do is going to only be an impact on the self, not on the external environment, but you can only control yourself. So that comes from the consistency. That's the reps, right? So like, yeah. why is it that all these successful people have these morning routines? They're putting themselves in a state, right? Yes. We used to like, Tony Robbins always calls it a state, but it's like self-regulation, mm-hmm. right? That's what we can call it. Now they're literally turning on that frontal cortex. They're turning on different areas of creativity so that they can make an impact, yes. right? And they've trained themselves to do that. So when the alarm clock goes off, they don't go, oh my gosh, like yeah. another day. It's like, they wake up and go, how can I serve? Right. And yeah. I'm going to make sure that my cup where I serve from is like from the saucer, right? Yeah. Like that's what Lisa Nichols always talks about yeah. that. Like I want to be in such abundance. I'm going to serve for my saucer. And I like freaking love that. Yes. Like, yes. But how do they do that without burnout is like, they take care of me first yeah. airplanes going down. Like, Oh, let me make sure that everybody, no, right. Air mask on. Right. That goes a really long way. You just touched on something. So you talked about kind of burnout. So something you said, and this may have been the very first time I heard you speak the capacity that our brains have to really focus and and like you know double down and get get shit done because i am a workaholic i've always been a workaholic i'm an everythingaholic by the way but i'm a workaholic right so i can go from like 5 a.m. to 10 p.m. just you know running myself into the ground and when i i have been able to shift into being so much more successful because i'm being so much more productive when I understand 
you know, kind of the, I call it like the green light, you know, hours, which is like, go, go, go head down, focus, like knock it out yes. the yellow light hours. And I, I like to call them the red light hours, like phone down away. Ooh, now, hey, hey, yeah. 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 But, <laughs> but it's like, I remember being like sitting down to record content for, you know, my mastermind at two o'clock in the afternoon. And I was like, why won't words come out of my mouth? Why won't the yes. thoughts fire correctly? Like, yes. and, and really g- going like note to self, I can never try to record content at two o'clock in the afternoon. Yes. Like it can only happen in the morning when I am clear-minded and focused and like just freaking on it, right? Like there's a zone for me and then there's absolutely not a zone for me. So can you yes. talk about kind of what our brains can handle and how to move things around in our day? A hundred percent. So I just got off a call, let me see, like a couple of days ago, actually, with a professional, very popular professional artist, right? Mm-hmm. And they asked this very same question. Can you explain to me how I can make lyrics or make content or do any of this after 5 p.m.? Because like, I can't. Right. Like after 5 p.m., like uh, my creative window is just dead, but I need to do more with that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, listen, you you could probably force yourself into that. But most people, and I say this like with the utmost love, have four hours max per day. Right. Four you have hours four hours of deep associative focus. Right. Whether that is learning, making content, supporting clients or like doing like hard, deep work. And you can maybe sprinkle on a couple hours of just mundane tasks of like right. the monkey Mac and the symbol, but you got four hours. Right. So I often get asked like, Chris, how do you do the things that you do and work three, four hours a day? Yeah. And it's like impact and prioritization. Mm-hmm. Right. So I got to the point in my businesses where it's like, okay, I can have an assistant do some of like the monkey slapping for me right. so that the things that I am really good at that, like, I want to be like master class in, mm-hmm. I'm going to continue to do those because I want more reps at those things over and over mm-hmm. again. So that's business management, that's research design, that is consulting and that's speaking, right? Yeah. So like, I want to go do those things. And like, when people think about, oh, like the nervous system in business or the nervous system in coaching, I want them to go, Chris, right? And yeah. I want to be that guy that's so proficient at that, that no matter what. So I invest my four hours every single day into one of those categories. Yes. Right. Because this is huge. I mean, this is so huge because, and I just want to give a super 20 second story really quick about like, you know, there's been times where I've had to create keynote speeches and it's like, you know, there's, it's months away. Right. And it's like a monkey on my back. I'm like, God, I got to sit down. It's not priority because it's months away. And I will attempt to work on it, you know, many, many, many different days, many hours. And then all of a sudden, I'm in the car, just dropped a kid somewhere at 9 a.m. The music's blaring. Like I've done my morning process. I'm in peak state. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's just bubbling out. And I like grab my phone, voice text the whole speech. And I'm like, and done. That literally took like six minutes. Like I just wrote, I wrote the most bad ass, couldn't have been any better, most magical like speech. And and I've been trying to do this for like 30 hours for the last three months. It's just different. Yeah, yeah. So like, this is one of those things that it, for me, what I, I learned something tremendous about myself is that I, if I have something like keynote, right, I do keynotes, we do keynotes all the time. If I have a keynote that's coming up, I don't produce and make the content until three days before. I don't even think about it. I don't even think about it. 
right? Because wow. I know that I won't do it, right? And I used to think like, oh my gosh, you're such a procrastinator. I'm not a procrastinator. I'm a performer. That right? makes so and much sense, actually. Why would so I shame sense. and guilt myself and leech out all of that bandwidth, shaming and guilting myself into making something that's going to be mediocre when I know two to three days before, if I sit down and I do yes. this, I give myself a two hour window, I'll go sit down and like Starbucks has that pike roast coffee, which <laughs> I don't even know how much caffeine is in that, but like, I'll be at that Starbucks coffee at 5.30 a.m. And at 5.30 to like eight o'clock, I will map out yeah 90 minute keynote and a two hour workshop and wow. it'll be like chef's kiss is good right yes. and I learned that about myself over the last wow. year so instead of trying to do that or make these presentations I'm gonna outline it and then I'm gonna fill it in I can do yeah. all of that within the day and then maybe it needs refinement like if I'm yeah. flying out I'll do it on the airplane but like right no way I that, and then you're so valuable. much more connected to the message because it's Correct. it's right there it's not something yes. you wrote three months ago and you're pulling out like, oh, I, get, I gotta try it's to bring so the new. fire to this thing that I wrote three months ago. Yes. Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. This has all been amazing. Always I know we is. gotta wrap it up, um, yes, which I'm time. so sad. I'm so sad. We'll have to have you back on. But where can people find you? All the places, all the things. Tell us yep, all the things. All my stuff is at Dr. Chris Lee. So D-R-C-H-R-I-S-L-E-E. I'm on threads, Instagram, TikTok, uh, YouTube channels getting fired up here. Um, I got a website that has to be updated, of course, um, and all the other goodies inside of that. But if you have a small business, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're looking for coaching, if you're looking for self-regulation, um, like those are my wheelhouses, right? Yeah. Um, to better understand that. So that's where I'm at. Oh, and I got a podcast that you've been on as well. Ooh, girl. Yes. Um, called the Healthy Mindfuck Podcast, which has been going for five and a half years now. Wow. That's insane. That's awesome. Well, know. guys, make sure you follow Dr. Chris Lee, especially, you know, I, th I always think of you mostly where we, I see you as Instagram and it's literally oh. just one of those like nuggets. Like when you pop up on my feed, it's like, I might, you know, it might be 20 seconds, 30 seconds, 60 seconds, but it's just that little mindset shift that I need that little awareness that really does compound over time. If you're getting yes. this information on a daily basis. So make sure yeah. you're following him. Chris, thank you so much for your time. I absolutely adore you. I value our friendship. Thanks for being on the show. Same here. Thank you for having me today. Can't wait to talk again. Absolutely. That's a wrap on today's episode. Thank you so much for joining us, guys. Thanks for listening. I want to remind you to subscribe, rate, and review the show on Apple Podcasts. That would be super, super helpful to us and share in your social media. Tag me. I love hearing what you guys have to say, your takeaways, all the things. So make sure you're tagging me in your social media posts when you share the episodes and we will see you next week.